we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted. After that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also unbelieving you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. Dr. John G. Mitchell often asked a question that is still inscribed on the library wall on the campus of Multnomah University. He asked it of every class and challenged every student with it. Don't you folks ever read your Bibles? It is quite evident that he did. Dr. Mitchell once forgot his Bible in his office when he arrived to teach a graduate level class on the Minor Prophets. Without a pause, he quoted the scripture for the day word for word from memory. Dr. Mitchell knew his Bible. Many were blessed by his Bible teaching, and today we invite you to share in those blessings by listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never ends. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. We are studying in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 through 14. Now, Dr. Mitchell points out how everything in our redemption is to the praise of the glory of God, who has manifested His grace to us through the gospel of the grace of God. And Dr. Mitchell brings out the facts that the Father chose us, the Son bought us, and the Holy Spirit sealed us in Christ. Complete redemption from beginning to end for time and eternity for each one who trusts the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, Dr. Mitchell spells out four things that happen instantaneously when a person believes in the Lord Jesus. He will speak of redemption, indwelling in the Spirit, the sealing by the Holy Spirit in Christ, and the baptism by the Spirit into Christ and into the body of Christ. Well, for this lesson, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, with Dr. Mitchell. I sincerely hope that you are enjoying these studies in the book of Ephesians. We're going kind of slow, but we want you to, to revel in some of the marvelous truth that is revealed in this epistle. It's one of the outstanding epistles in the whole Bible. In the first chapter of the book of Ephesians, we're reading verses 12 through 14 where Paul is saying that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted. After that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also unbelieving you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory." Allow me again to just repeat, and I don't mind repeating because some 
miss here and there, others are listening for the first time. In this book of Ephesians chapter 1, I've entitled the chapter Redemption. In verses 3 to 6, we had the Father's work in our redemption. And then from verses 7 down through verse 11, we had the work of the Son in our redemption. We are, we are redeemed, been forgiven, we've been brought into fellowship with God in His purpose and counsel. Uh, we, be, we, uh, we have an inheritance that is incorruptible and so on, and He's determined to work everything out after the counsel of His own will. Here we see the work of a sovereign God and His purpose in counsel, that which He will work out. Marvelous thing to know that Christians indwelt by the Spirit of God can become usable in God's hands and be found enjoying to the full the revelation of God's purpose. And the more I know His purpose, the more I want to be a channel of blessing to somebody else. Now we come down to the work of the Spirit in our redemption, verses 13 and 14. In whom you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also unbelieving you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Notice all the way through, it's for the praise of his glory. In verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace. In verse 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory. You come to verse 14, unto the praise of his glory. Allow me to say what I said in closing our last message. Everything of redemption is for the glory of God. Now we come to the work of the Spirit of God in our redemption. That which was essentially ours by the will of the Father, instrumentally ours through the work of the Son, is now ex experientially ours by the Spirit of God. You see, that the, uh, the Father chose us, the Son redeems us, the Spirit seals us. See, God is not taking any chances. The moment I come as a sinner and receive the Savior, I'm in His hands, I'm joined to Him. He bought us for Himself, and believe me, my friend, God is going to take care of his own possession. So I repeat it, the Father chose us, the Son bought us, and the Spirit seals us. You go into a store, and you choose, then you pay for it, then you take it home. It's yours. Oh, but you say, Mr. Miller, sometimes I make a choice, and then I pay for it, and it's too big for me to take home, so I put it in the will call department. So I say to my husband, when you're passing through town, will you please go by a certain store? I've got a package in the mail in the will call department. So you go, you husbands go to the store, and you go to the will call department, and you say, I've got a package here, whatever your name is. And out of a bin with your initial on, he just pulls out a package out of many, many packs and gives it to you and you take it home. It's yours. Your name's on it. And what Paul here is saying to God's people to encourage them, to make them to rejoice in the program and purpose of God, God chose you to be holy and without blame. 
His son came along and bought you. He redeemed you. And then the Spirit of God possesses us to make the thing sure. Well, Mr. Mitchell, what are you doing down here? Well, I'm in the will call department. I've been paid for. I belong to the Lord. And I'm just waiting until he says, come on home. Huh? Simple, isn't it? Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Why, don't you have any qualms about it, any doubts about it? Not a bit, not a bit. If my father redeemed me and declares I'm going to stand before him in all the beauty of Christ, holy and without blame, I'm going to believe it. If the Son of God has not only redeemed me and forgiven me, but brought me and given me an inheritance, I'm going to believe it. And if he said the Spirit of God seals me in Christ until the day of redemption, I'm going to believe it. Just that sure. Just as sure as the word of an eternal sovereign God. My friend, that gives peace of heart and gives peace of conscience. That gives peace of mind. What about the tests of life? Well, God's made provision for that too. What I'm trying to get to your heart, friend, we've got a wonderful Savior. And to me, the astounding thing is that sinners don't accept it. Jesus is saying, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Don't you want rest? Don't you want peace? Yes, you say, all right, you'll find it only in one place. That's in him. Now let's look at this. Verse 11 and 12. In whom you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also unbelieving. Now I know the King James Version says, after you believed. You take any good revision of the New Testament, the Greek text, unbelieving, you were sealed. The moment you accepted the Savior, you were sealed. He seals everyone who puts their trust in Christ. They heard the gospel of their salvation. They believed the word of God, and they accepted the Savior that trusted him. And God immediately sealed them with the Spirit of God. You remember that? Let me just first of all suggest this. The moment you and I accepted the Savior, God did four definite things with respect to the Holy Spirit. Now, I've said this before, but I'm going to repeat it. Because there is so much confusion, among, even among evangelicals, with respect to the ministry of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, I'm going to be very dogmatic when I say this. At the moment a person really accepts the Savior, Jesus Christ, that one not only is redeemed and has the forgiveness of sins and becomes a child of God, but that very moment, four things God did by the Spirit of God in that person. First of all, you are born of the Spirit. Now that speaks of relationship. You remember in uh, Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. True of all believers. Take John 1, 12 and 13, to as many as received him, to them he gives the right, the authority, become the children of God, even to them that believe on his name, who are born, not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but were born of God. In John 3, 5, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This 
is the work of redemption. This is the work of being born of the Spirit. This, shall I say, has to do with relationship. The second thing he does, same time, you're indwelt by the Spirit of God. Your body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Now you find this in, in 1 Corinthians 3, and you follow it through in chapter 6, verse 18, 19, and 20. In John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, when the Lord Jesus said, The Spirit of God is with you, and he shall be in you. I will not leave you orphans. He's going to come to abide with you forever. We become God's channels to display the heart and character of God. This is the purpose of the indwelling Spirit. For example, take Corinthians 6, the last two verses. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which you have of God, and you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, because your bodies are the temples of God, the temples of the Spirit of God, glorify God in your bodies and in your spirits, which are God's. It's a shameful thing to my mind to see a Christian, one who is indwelt by the Spirit of God, giving his body over to the sins of the flesh, such as adultery, fornication, immorality of any kind. Your body belongs to him. It's indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. The third thing that happens the moment you're a Christian, you're sealed by the Spirit of God. Allow me to come back to that. Let me give you the other one. You're baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. I want to spend more time, by the way, on this question of being sealed. Allow me to, to retrace my steps on that. We're born of the Spirit. We're indwelt by the Spirit. We're baptized by the Spirit. You're joined to the Savior. Speaks of union with Him. Just as being born of the Spirit speaks of relationship, indwelt by the Spirit speaks of becoming His channels, being the temples of God, we become the channels to display the character and heart of God. We're baptized by the Spirit that speaks of union with Christ. You remember in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for by one Spirit were we all, all believers, baptized into one body and have all been made a drink of that self-same Spirit. Now, I know there are those who believe that the baptism of the Spirit as something subsequent to salvation. My friend, no such thing. Does God, if that is true, if that is true, then only those who are baptized in the Spirit of God are saved. I'm very blunt on that. God is only doing one work today. He's gathering out a people for his name called the church. And the only way you can get into the church is by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You're in the family of God by the new birth. But you're in the church, the body of Christ, by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is true. All who put their trust in the Savior. Now, the fourth one. And this is the one we have before us. In whom, on believing, you are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Now, this speaks of preservation. Where are you sealed? In Christ. Until when? Can it be broken? No. No. Ephesians 4.30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until, until the day of redemption. Well, I thought we were redeemed, yes. But the day of redemption is the time when the, when the body will be redeemed, when the body is going to be transformed 
and be fashioned after his body of glory. You remember that's spoken of in, in Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, spoken of in Romans 8, 29, and spoken of in 1 John chapter 3, the second verse. When we see him, we shall be like him. Romans 8, 29 says he's going to conform us to the image of his Son. And Philippians 3 says he's going to change these bodies of our humiliation and fashion them like unto his body of glory. So we're sealed until that day. You remember in Romans chapter 8, you have the same thing. In verses 24 to 26, we wait. What for? The redemption of the body. Now we're sealed until that day. Ephesians 4.30. And in 2 Corinthians 1.22, talks again about being sealed by the Spirit of God. By the way, there are just the three mentioned in Ephesians 1.13, chapter 4, verse 30, and 2 Corinthians 1.22. Now, what does the sealing mean? It, it means it's a finished transaction. You seal things because they're finished. It, it, it donates, it um, denotes ownership. Notice what it says here, which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession. It's the earnest of our inheritance. It's the guarantee of our inheritance. It, de it denotes, indicates ownership. Not only a finished transaction, but I belong to him. You're not your own, says Corinthians 6. You've been bought with a price. I suggest Acts 20, 28. You remember where it says that the Lord Jesus, that God bought us with his own blood, bought us for himself. We are his purchased possession. And the Spirit of God is the earnest, the guarantee <coughs> of that salvation, the perfectness of that salvation. You see, friend, God isn't, God isn't playing, playing chess with us. God isn't playing games. He determines that everyone who receives his Son is going to be kept, preserved, Guaranteed, the Spirit of God is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, that is, until the time when the body is going to be redeemed unto the praise of his glory. It indicates identification or distinction. That is, he marks us out that we belong to him, sealed, as if God was saying to all heaven, earth, and hell, Take your hands off that person. He's my purchased possession. My friend, if we only had eyes to see, oh, how God cares for his people. Even when death, man's last enemy, comes in on the scene, God still takes care of his people. We just say, good night, earth, good morning, glory. Oh, we're marked out. Did you know we're marked people? I was thinking of that passage in 2 Timothy chapter 2. His soldier is a marked out man. You and I belong to the city where the children of one who is God and were marked out, just like you have with our Savior. The Spirit of God came upon the Lord Jesus when he was baptized by John of Jordan, 
And you remember there came a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And the Spirit of God came upon our Savior. And John writes in John chapter 1, I saw and bear record, this is the Son of God. When our Savior came forth to start his ministry, the Spirit of God came upon him without measure, as John chapter 3 declares. And he was marked out from everybody else. The Spirit of God marks you and me out. Just as the Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased, the Spirit of God comes and not only indwells us, but seals us in Christ, as if God was saying to the whole universe, These are my sons and daughters. Take your hands off. They belong to me. God makes himself, and I say this very reverently, God makes himself responsible for the care of every one of his own children. Now, does that make me want to uh, take advantage of it? By no means, by no means. The more I realize, the more I realize, the more I see this, the more I want to live for God, the more I want to turn all that I am and have over to him, that he might be glorified. See, that's what I mean when I say when the Spirit of God comes in and seals you in Christ, it indicates a finished transaction. It indicates ownership. It marks us out from everybody else. It prevents molestation. That is, it preserves us. Just like you have in Jude. You remember in Jude? First verse. Called and preserved in Jesus Christ. And how does he end the book of Jude? Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. The old world fell. Angels fell but unto him who was able to keep you from falling and to present you and I, what? Faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding great joy. How long are we sealed? Where are we sealed? We're sealed in Christ, the chosen one of God. Chosen in Christ, placed in Christ, preserved in Christ. My, what a, what a salvation is this. How long are we sealed? We're sealed until the day of redemption. And I've already mentioned some of these verses. If, if you want to follow it through, I take such verses like 2 Timothy 1.12. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to guard the deposit to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you shall perfect it until the day of of Jesus Christ. My friend, you talk about a Savior. I come back to it. The salvation we have starts in Christ or starts in God, is continued by God, and will be completed by God. We're sealed until the day of redemption. No wonder Paul could say, it is high time to awake out of sleep, for our salvation is nearer. The completeness of our salvation is nearer then when we believed, it's high time to throw off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. It's high time to put on Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. So we find that the Spirit is the guarantee of the completion of our salvation. It's the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. You see, friend, it's the guarantee the God in glory guarantees our access 
The Spirit in us guarantees the finished redemption. And it's all under the praise of his glory. Under the praise of his glory. Again, allow me to say what I've already said. Here is the full complete work of redemption, the work of the Father, the work of the Son, and the work of the Holy Spirit. And listen to where it is. That we should be to the praise of his glory. We should be to the praise of his glory. To the praise of the glory of his grace. Unto the praise of his glory. Friend, why don't you and I just walk today in simple, intimate, wonderful fellowship with the Savior? What a Savior we have. Don't you love him? Let's manifest him to others then. And the Lord bless you today for his name's sake. Then sings my soul, my Savior God today. How great thou art, how great thou Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study today. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.